Welcome to Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by the wonderful, the fabulous, the... What else am I missing? Uh, brilliant. 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 Meredith Clark. Hello. Hello. How, How are you? you? <laughs> I'm good. Um, let's just get into it. You have some exciting news. I know. Congratulations, because so, I know. They don't you. know, but I know. Uh, <laughs> yes. So I have a new job. Uh, on Thursday, it'll be my first day as a producer with Patriot Act uh, with Hassan Minaj. So Very exciting. So I will be... Doing a lot of reporting and research for those things to make sure that the uh, the episodes continue to be informative and exciting and funny and uh, fill you with the kind of viral rage that has wow. uh, catapulted Mr. Minaj into being a Peabody winner. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is, he's a Peabody winner. Yeah, they, wow. the show won like a week before they actually officially hired me. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. It's probably because they were like channeling all of the optimism they felt because they knew they were going to hire you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, they won a Peabody. Not only knowing that it's going to be a baller job, yeah. uh, the whole process was really fast. So it was kind of exciting that basically they met me and decided that I was the one and then <laughs> just like... The chosen one. Yeah. They were just like, we got to lock this down immediately. So, so yeah. you guys all have to watch that show. I'm sure sure you watch it already but yeah, new episodes start dropping may 12th okay so everybody write it down in your little calendars i'll wait a second may 12th yeah. write it down the patriot it's called patriot act, patriot act with the song Minash. write it yeah. down uh that's awesome congratulations thank you it's really the only thing that's been happening in my life and brain since <laughs> the interview started i think so. you were more surprised than i was because i was like <laughs> yeah you're so qualified of course they should hire you and you were like very because it did happen very fast yeah it was like less than two weeks wow that's bananas and also so awesome uh guys we're in the pop culture section and there's a bunch of stuff i wanted to talk yeah. about i have seen and don't worry no spoilers everybody calm down we're all a little edgy Everybody's spoilers. gotten very touchy about this particular, yeah. But uh, I've seen Avengers Endgame twice. It came out on Thursday. Sure did. I've already seen it twice. Uh, one of which uh, I saw today, mere hours before recording this, so my brain is still a little fried. Um, but it's so good. That's all I'll say, guys. It's so good. And you should go see it. And it's It's very satisfying. It's shockingly well-paced for a three-hour film. It goes pretty quickly. Hey, guys, here's a hot take. Could have been longer. I oh could have had God. I could have had a, a, a few more moments that aren't in the film that I had been hoping for. Um, but, yeah, it was very... There are these really, like, quiet moments that are very surprising and really uh, satisfying in a lovely way. But, listen, I'm going to give you people... Two weeks to see this film, and then I'm going to ruin it for you. <laughs> so, uh, mulls in your court. I am a supervillain, and I'm giving you my ultimatum. You have two weeks to see this, and then I am going to spoil it. Because, like, how long should I have to wait? I mean, I think two weeks is pretty solid. Thank you. Um, you know, I think I'm being generous. Well, and also, there's just a point at which the offense of supposedly spoiling something, like, I can get not wanting to know big plot details sure. within like the first weekend or week when you can't you know you don't know you can't maybe can't buy tickets but by the time you by the time the second week rolls around like you should be able to do it and also like if you could go that long why are you so worried about spoilers anyway because yeah. if you're going to be that offended wouldn't you have gone to see it like immediately here's who who is a dick okay i'll give you an example of somebody who is a dick with spoilers i was on my way on thursday to see an 11 p.m. showing of avengers and there had been a movie before us yeah and this woman came out of the theater screaming at the top of her lungs the plot of Endgame. <laughs> and she walked past me and I went, la, 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 shut up. And she looked right at me and I was like, what are you doing? Shut up. Like, seriously, I don't, I'm not the dick there. You're the dick. So that's an asshole. If you yep. walk out of the theater of a movie that has just aired, just had its premiere, and you're screaming spoilers, you're a dick. If you're one of the people who goes on Twitter to post spoilers immediately after seeing it, you're a dick. Mm -hmm. I don't think you're a dick if you wait like a week. I think so. I mean, also, it's a, a friend of mine pointed out that he's interested in the difference in tone between the attitude of towards spoilers in and like with Endgame mm -hmm. and the way that people just like straight up tweet all the way through Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, and that somehow like one of them is is you know, 
should you be shunned and never allowed to see another movie again? You know, and and in in other cases, it's just like, well, if you don't want to know what happens on the episode, better get off Twitter. Yeah. Or God, do you remember the days of Twitter when you couldn't mute words? Oh God. That truly was like, if you're on Twitter, you're going to have things spoiled for you. At least now we have the option. Like I had muted all Avengers related words because here's something else that happens. I don't like seeing your little jokes. Because that's a different way of getting burnt out on something that mm-hmm. doesn't involve spoilers. Sure. All of the memes, all of the fake spoilers, all of the hot takes about something that you don't happen to like, but like millions of other people do. Okay, great. So interesting. I have to mute all of that because otherwise, like, I just get burnt out on it being in the ether. Yeah. And I like to deprive myself entirely and then go into the movie and watch it. You like to have actual anticipation. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, I probably won't see it for a while but i also already decided i wanted to know what happened so i've i know what the plot is and i know everything that happens see that fascinates me i'm like that with some movies like i don't care about spoilers but that was one of them where i was like i can't know anything yeah um yeah so also in the same vein of spoilers galore uh game of thrones i think this one guys i'm just gonna spoil because yeah I, I can't wait to the end of this season of Game of Thrones to actually talk about Game of Thrones. Um, but I will put a spoiler tag up on this. And if you don't want to hear anything about Game of Thrones, skip ahead to the music cue because I, I truly don't want to ruin anything for anyone. But Game of Thrones last week finally got to where I wanted it to be. I thought that, last ep- the, that episode was really good. I thought it was so solid, so satisfying. All of the Brienne of Tarth stuff, um, even though they're totally setting her up to die <laughs> yeah but it could be massive misdirection like everybody's God. getting set who knows i think she's I gonna go know. down like a warrior because yeah that's sure. like a good death for her to have having been knighted she's leading the left flank i think so she's the only uh, you know obviously female head of an army division um i think she's gonna go down in like a spectacular way and i just hope it's a good death yeah um people were fucking flipping out about Arya. i know and i'm just like well get it girl dude's hot yes um, he's hot you all think you're gonna die you know i wasn't totally sold on the chemistry i feel like i was a little bit like eh, is it but then i realized i don't care about how organic it was mm. because i did like the plot and i thought like yeah, if I thought I was going to die, I would absolutely try and find the hottest person possible absolutely. to have sex with. Absolutely, and I love that she left the two like bitter old men, and she's like, fuck this. Like, I'm young and hot. I'm going to go to find another young, hot person Yeah, and bone his brains out. And then she did, and I was so proud of her. I also was not sold on the chemistry until she was drilling him about how many women he had slept with. Yeah. And he said he didn't keep track, and she <laughs> was like, you kept track. <laughs> I was like, yes, Arya. Yeah. <laughs> Read him. I also just thought, like, even if the, uh, maybe the chemistry didn't need to be there in a massive way because they clearly have a great relationship and that in the end when she just decided it was the thing she wanted to do and that he was the person she wanted to do it yes. with, that it just became its own thing. And getting him to, like, open up and then uh, telling him, she's like, you're going to do this for me. Right. And you better be good. Well, that's what I pants. think a lot of people misread that scene because I saw some people sort of criticizing the fact that she was asking him about his other partners. Yeah. And then because they were like, cause it was none of her business. Cause you guys weren't together. And I was like, I don't think she was asking him out of jealousy. I think she was like, are you good at fucking? Because this is my yeah. first time and you better be good at fucking. Yeah. yeah. I think she, that I, was an interview process. I thought it was too. I didn't think that she was like making him like doing that to make him feel bad. It's like, she no. just really like any smart young woman who has the ability to like enter into a sexual situation with their eyes fully opened and like the ability to, and like a sense of what they want. She wants to like, you got to make sure somebody's actually decent and you yeah. don't want some fumbling virgin. Who's going to like right. jackrabbit for 30 seconds and then <laughs> not know anything else about your body. Exactly. Yeah. So I just thought that was her, you know, interviewing him. Yeah. Yeah. People got very, um, dad during prom. Yeah. With Aria where they were like, I don't like that. My little girl's a woman now. And it's, 
I thought it was sort of gross. <laughs> it was kind of gross. I mean, I mean their their reaction was yeah. gross, not Arya. You know, no, no I'm naturally like wanting character to. Yeah. Is like 18 years old. She's definitely murdered a lot of people. <laughs> like people so, are fine with yeah. that. They're fine with the fact that Arya has become a serial murderer. Mm-hmm. But the second she took off her top, they were like, she has tits now. I don't like this. <laughs> it's like can a girl become a woman without everybody freaking out and also i was just like this is literally the most positive sexual scene that has yes. ever happened on this show it's not a and now you guys rape. are really upset i was like where was your concerns like where are you bros when sansa gets brutally brutally abused on her wedding night like what the fuck guys That's just good storytelling meredith oh it's, yeah it's sick when a girl has consensual satisfying sex Mm, yeah i mean it is what the mpaa says you can't show female orgasm on screen or because it's dirty we become communists yeah that's what happens full automated luxury gay space communism (laughs) full-blown commie yeah um also god there is so much good shit on TV and in movie theaters right now. It's hard to keep up, guys. But The Magicians had an incredible finale um, that, listen, I'm going to spoil again. (laughs) And if you don't want spoilers, skip ahead because there's no way for me to talk about this without actually saying the biggest spoiler um, that everybody's talking about, which is that the central protagonist, our our white male hero, Q, died. (laughs) He's dead and like actual dead not actual like dead. we'll bring you back because you were like got to be a niffin for three episodes and then just reappear that was the first thing i googled where i was like <laughs> I, he better actually be dead if they bring him back this is so fucking cheap and he's actually dead yeah yeah he was which is so ballsy and cool and such a, a testament to how well developed the other characters have become mm-hmm. due to great writing uh, that we no longer really need him. And yeah. I like I would genuinely was very sad when they killed him off because mm-hmm. I think the actor is great. I think the character became very cool. And so it was very heartbreaking. But also I was like, what a fucking ballsy choice. Yeah, yeah. It felt like it's it's nice to watch showrunners tell a story where a protagonist or a, a main character goes out and it feels earned but yes. not overly like touchy feely i mean i'm just imagining some of the sort of big main characters leaving like er or something and then they get like (laughs) a very special episode where somebody's got a fucking brain tumor and then the next thing you know it's like we miss you so much uh like to actually have a chance to say goodbye and have it work and in a way that you wouldn't expect but that's also what i've come to expect from sarah gamble in her writer's room there Mm -hmm. like uh, give uh, give your actor a great excuse to really do well, have some some moments, and then uh, provide everybody else with the chance to have a sing-along. And again, something that I would hate in any other show. Yeah. And The Magicians has several musical numbers in this last season, and I loved every single one of them. Mm-hmm. thought it was really well done. Um, yeah, what I thought was so interesting is that actor, I'm spacing on his name. I can't remember either. He's just married to the Mrs. Maisel. And that's so all Mr. I can Maisel. Remember. Yeah. Mr. Maisel was told at the beginning of this season that he was going to die, his character. Yeah. <laughs> and he couldn't tell his co-stars. So he was the only one that he knew? He kept it. And they shot several fake endings. So <gasps> nobody knew what was happening. Oh, my God. To me, I'm like, that's fucked up. Because they're also like friends. Yeah. And not being able to tell your friends like... I'm not going to be back next season. I understand why they did it, but I'm like, man, what a mm-hmm. mind fuck. Yeah. But also like good on the show, right? Like just from a professionalism standpoint, and I, this is sort of cheesy to think about good on the showrunners for knowing they were going to do this and then knowing and then telling him so that he had a whole season to like yes. prepare so that it wasn't a surprise that there was a sense of like, we, to trust them to like give the story, like tell the story well, yeah. that was needed. Circling back uh, a second to Avengers Endgame, I was watching it, and this isn't a spoiler, but I was just like, why is everyone acting so much better? Like <laughs> Scarlett Johansson remembered how to act, and I, she has been like dead in the eyes as Black Widow since the beginning. Yeah, and she's 
so good in Endgame and like Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans. And I was like, what's the difference? And I think it's that they gave them something to do. They finally could see the full arc of what was going to be the end of this thing. And as actors, like that's really important to have that anchor. Like what is my motivation at all times? And in this movie, I think they finally understood (laughs) what was happening. And everybody's acting just got a thousand percent better. But yeah, I think that is so important to know like, Okay, this is this is everything. I'm not. Th- mm-hmm. I don't come out of the end of this. So yeah. I, every moment has to mean something leading up to it. I will say that going back to the magicians, I wish Q and Elliot had a moment. Yeah, I mean, I do. I maintain the episode where they're on their own little mini quest and, and they live an entire life together. An entire life together is one of the coolest things I've ever seen on TV. It's definitely one of the better episodes of television. Hand like period. Yeah, of like the last decade really really cool if you guys haven't seen the show uh, I highly recommend it but especially that episode and they have this really special relationship that comes out of that and I was like god I hope they show at some point Elliot grappling with Q being gone yeah because I also know Elliot (laughs) okay spoiler for this last season Elliot was possessed through most of it so I understand you know he was a little fried coming Mm -hmm. out of that couldn't really process his emotions, but I do hope that at some point they they deal with that. I can't imagine that they wouldn't let the next season really dig into giving him a chance to grieve. I, I mean, when you so. think about how other characters have dealt with loss and how they've had to function and the sort of like everything in the Penny storyline and the changes and, you know, like the actor is still there, but there's a mm-hmm. sense of loss because... <laughs> they're suddenly running around with a penny that isn't theirs. He's been doing a like, great job with that, by yeah, the way. Like yeah. showing that he's he's a different penny, which is not an easy thing to do. Yeah. But I, I think yeah. so I'm just hoping that we'll get I think that we'll get some serious Elliot time uh where he deals with that. It just seems like it would be a really good I can see a lot of really good storylines that could be possible Mm. there as he was like no longer possessed and actually kind of trying to grapple with the whole like violation of being possessed but also not having one of the people that matters most to him like yeah right yeah uh what are your thoughts on any of the things we just talked about hashtag light treason pod i'm i'm very curious to hear all of your thoughts about everything so if you want to just tweet me spoilers that's fine but please be respectful on the hashtag think of other people don't just tweet out spoilers because that's mean um and we don't want to ruin things for people so my last recommendation that i have is a show on netflix called i think you should leave with tim robinson it uh tim robinson you'll recognize he was on a couple seasons of saturday night live so there's a bunch of different snl people on the show um vanessa bayer cecily strong Um, a whole bunch of different people. They're all great. It's really, really funny. It's deeply weird. It's a lot of like cringy humor. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Um, But it's really, really funny. And the episodes are super short. They're about 16 minutes. Yeah, that's. I I haven't actually watched any of them yet, but I've heard really good things. And anytime someone tells me that the episodes are less than 20 minutes, I immediately get excited (laughs) because I feel like, okay, that means some people have done some really serious sketch work yes (laughs) oh my favorite review i saw of the show though was someone who clearly doesn't know what sketch comedy is and their complaint was that every sketch heightened to an absurd conclusion (laughs) which is actually the definition of sketch comedy well you did see that a dude tweeted about how uh uh, the cowbell sketch the snl cowbell (laughs) sketch is a perfect example of gaslighting because (laughs) It's not funny, but and it's not really comedy, but everyone just decided it was like the fact that it's not funny, everyone just said it was. And so now everyone just telling you that, no, you just don't get it is actually like being I, gaslighting. I vehemently disagree. I and, think Cowbell well, the, is very funny. The best part about this is that somebody then like did a very long, very dry <laughs> breakdown of all of the things. And he was like, here's all of this. And it's like, here's where it's absurd. Here's situational. Here's observational. Yeah. Here's how these two come. And he like gets to the point like goes on and on and like I never thought that the that making something as funny as the cowbell <laughs> sketch 
unfunny by explaining it could then come around and be hilarious but it managed to be that yeah that's one of those rules too if if something's not working just double down and eventually it will become funny because people (laughs) will be in disbelief that it's still going on uh that's also a little trick that sometimes works but yeah it it's very good it's very funny i will say that i didn't really like click for me until like the third or fourth episode, everybody was sort of circulating the Vanessa Bayer sketch so much that I had already seen it by the time I started watching. So I think it was a little anticlimactic for me, even though that is a very funny sketch. But about halfway through, (laughs) um, I don't even know if you could call it a season because the episodes are so short, but about halfway through the series, um, it gets very, very funny. So I highly recommend it. Go check that out. You can watch the whole thing in about an hour. So do check that out. Meredith, do you have any recommendations? Oh, my God. Do I have any recommendations? Uh, Obviously, the show that I just started. Yes. That I was sort of working on. (laughs) Patriot Act, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I would say that one and only that one. Please (laughs) do not watch any other political news comedy shows. (laughs) You don't have to now. We've just uh, really cleared up your schedule for you. Yeah, you don't need to keep up with any of it. Only Patriot Act. Um, I... Yeah, no, I don't. I've been reading books and watching lots of uh, stupid television in like the background as I, mm-hmm. uh, as I, you know, have done work. But I am now at a loss for what I've actually had on in the background mm-hmm. because I was not paying attention. Sure, and it's a little embarrassing. But hey, I hey, don't be embarrassed. Uh, yeah, I did watch The Running Man, the Arnold Schwarzenegger action movie again recently, <laughs> okay. and oh my god, it's still so funny. Oh my god. Uh, well, that's good. That's that's a recommendation <laughs> of sorts. I mean, just definitely go back and watch some of this like cheesy '80s action movies that are also vague social satires, sure. like Running Man, They Live, like uh, anything by Paul Verhoeven. Very much like up in there. Yeah. I have a question for you. Yes. And this is more of a, is this a social faux pas or am I becoming old and crotchety? Uh-oh, what's up, what's up? So I go to see Avengers Endgame and thank God this is the second time I'm seeing it. So I also was mm-hmm. like telling myself, calm down, you've already seen this movie. But let's just imagine for the sake of this argument, I had not already seen it. And I'm sitting between these two people. It's a packed theater. And both of them have like, chronic coughs uh-huh. I don't know if I have a chronic cough I don't go to the movies because I don't want to annoy people I mean I don't want to annoy people and if I have a cough I'd be worried that I might make them sick or something well there's also that but it's also in New York City it's like nobody cares and also mm, yeah. we can't really stay home because nobody has sick days and all that stuff right. um, but I, I mean it's just like motherfuckers. it's definitely impolite and it's the sort of thing where like somebody who yeah, I would be really annoyed by it, and it sort of sucks because you can't necessarily do anything about it if you're trying to also get in there as soon as you can. But and also, we have assigned so, seats, so it's like yeah. you can't move. I don't know. I was just like, but also I was like, calm down. You've already seen this. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like, if you have a chronic cough, stay home. Don't go to the movie theater. That's how I feel. Plus, I grew up watching uh, The Hot Zone. Oh, my God. Of course. (laughs) Which is like when it starts to spread in New York City is like they're in a movie theater and someone's coughing and they show their germs going into people's mouths. Mm -hmm. Oh, I did. I also watched Contagion recently, the Steven Soderbergh one. Am I thinking of Contagion or Hot Zone? No, you're thinking about Outbreak, the Dustin Hoffman. Is that? Hold on. That's the movie that's based on The Hot Zone, the book. Yes, that's when I, because I read The Hot Zone as a kid. Mm -hmm. Huge mistake. Don't let children read The Hot Zone. Yeah, don't let children find out that Ebola exists. It never goes well. And Ebola, here's, I have a whole other Ebola rant, guys. If you're worried about contagious diseases, Ebola should actually be at the low end of your concern because unless you're like playing in someone's vomit it's very unlikely that you'll get it there are way scarier diseases out there also its incubation period is so short that it is hard to um you could use quarantine methods and trace the out like if you can do that stuff you can actually find a way to contain it and it won't go it's not going to go that far right so um, I read yeah. The Hot Zone. Yes, this is what happened. I saw the movie. The movie has that scene in the movie theater. And that has always been in my head. So now when people cough, I'm like, is this it? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it happening right now? Yeah. Well, that's definitely how I felt when I was watching Contagion, which, like, since it's several years old, uh, this is not really a spoiler, but first of all, it was satisfying to watch Gwyneth Paltrow die in the first few minutes. Yes. That uh, was nice. Deeply satisfying. But watching things, like, watching it spread and knowing that the Contagion, like, it was so contagious that really, that it was essentially airborne or the surfaces that you were touching. So it it was just your basic, like, bat plus pig virus that spreads to human. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, that's the stuff that actually is really frightening. It's like yes. those the new kinds of flus or new kind of virus that, that ends that up being really dangerous. That freaks me out the most, and they do a really good job of it in Contagion, explaining that it feels like the flu, Yeah, but then you fucking die. Yeah, then suddenly you have a seizure, and you foam at the mouth, and you die. Yeah. And I think like that's also why I, I still think that Station Eleven is one of the scariest Ooh, books that I've ever can read. Can I tell you this, the part of Station Eleven that stuck with me always uh to this day is the girl who runs out of her antidepressants yeah and then she just fucking wanders away yeah and that's it because it's like yeah she's not gonna find more medicine and she just walks into the woods you guys yeah i i always think about the fact that uh while the one woman is good at like the main character is good at throwing knives that uh one of her companions in the theater troupe basically can't see because at some point his yep. glasses broke yep. and he had no and, and then you run out yeah, of contact I have lenses terrible eyesight, yeah. uh, and I think about this every every time something happens I'm like god damn it this is really the like don't be a glasses person when the apocalypse comes I keep thinking like and I have to get yeah. LASIK I, I have know. to get LASIK I think that too and like but then my my brain weighs the two kinds of like nightmare scenarios that I have and like one is surviving the apocalypse and being blind in a situation like that. And then also the other is getting final destination during my LASIK. <laughs> like which fear is going to win out? Yeah. And so far it's been final destination. Yeah. Well, also when you don't really have decent insurance, it's hard to go in for the LASIK surgery. That is true. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I, I do. I think about that like every at least once a year where I'm like, I got to get LASIK because mm-hmm. when the apocalypse happens, obviously I can't get more contacts. Uh, guys. Wow, we talked about that for a while. Um, do you have any thoughts on LASIK or the apocalypse? Hashtag light trees and pod. And on that note, guys, it's that time of the show. Let's all hold hands and cry. Here's your bad news. Ooh. So obviously, uh, first and foremost in bad news, Joe Biden is running for president. Unfortunately, I feel like every day somebody posts a new awful quote of his just to remind us uh, that Joe Biden is horrible. He is a bad man. We should all remember that. He really has so many profoundly bad ideas. He does. He's a bad politician. Uh, I don't think he's a good person. (laughs) I think he's also a bad man. Uh, did you see the quote from Elizabeth Warren where they were oh, talking about... Oh, when she just like bodied him over his support of the credit card companies? Yep. She yeah, was there's a reason like, they're all based in Delaware and it's Joe fucking Biden. Yeah, like if you have any problem with the fucked up bankruptcy laws that favor corporations and favor uh, credit card companies, if you have a problem with high interest rates... Uh, uh, deceptive practices. Deceptive practices. Deceptive practices. On the part of credit card companies, thank Joe Biden. Because Joe Biden has sided with the credit card companies and corporations every single step of the way because he's from a state that benefits from yeah. donations from these these huge entities. But yeah, Elizabeth Warren was basically like, well, uh, we found out who sided with the credit card companies. <laughs> it was Joe Biden because <laughs> uh, he opposed what everything she was trying to do yeah. with the credit card companies because Elizabeth Warren um, was trying to be decent and help people. Yeah. Well, it also just has a basic understanding and knowledge that... Uh, she that you can't run things like that and also have a functioning society and joe biden's like well but money but money how am i gonna get my money i was like dude you've been the senator there for like 50 years yeah call it quits already and then he's like i like the train and everyone's like yeah you do train joe my sister keeps sending me uh pictures of koala and the uh, koalas and then hashtagging it uh hashtag koala biden 2020 she's like (laughs) the only way i'd vote for joe biden again is if this koala were running (laughs) as his president i mean honestly same but also koala biden is a great hashtag for whatever you need (laughs) don't just confuse everyone by starting to make a trend yeah um 
Yeah, and of course, because he's running for president now, suddenly he is trying to apologize to Anita Hill when it's like several decades too late. Too little and too late, because even his apology fucking sucks. Well, several decades too late from the uh, original, but then this isn't even the first time that she's come back into the news in recent memory, and he managed to not do it then, and Mm -hmm. then, yes... I assume we're going to get into exactly what he decided to say about. Uh, Yeah. So uh, let me find the exact quote. Oh, he said that uh, he shared his, quote, regret for what she endured 28 years ago, Mm, which is very vague. Um, And Anita Hill said that the call left her feeling deeply unsatisfied. And doesn't even think of it as an apology. She said it was that unsatisfactory. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it's not. Also, I just don't believe you by um, the timing of this. Like, if you were actually sorry, you had so much time. Yeah. So much time. Well, and then to to also to go on The View and then address the questions about Anita Hill and then sort of say like, I don't think I treated her that badly. And I'm just like, bro. That, yeah. That, it's just a classic uh, way to not apologize by framing yourself, by saying like, I didn't think it was that bad. Well, your feelings don't matter right now, dude. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter what your intentions were. She's telling you how she feels. Yeah. So if you cared about her and her feelings, you would center her and not yourself. Anyway, uh, it's just one of several things that Joe Biden is terrible on. Um, I, did you see his email that he sent out? The first one. America is an idea. America is an idea. What the fuck does that mean? What does that mean? It's like bad in a vintage way. I know. But I mean, that's half the candidate, half the male candidates True. that are currently running True. and have raised any money have been doubling down on this bullshit Sorkin-esque playbook that (laughs) ends up making you sound like such a fucking moron yeah i just i don't understand like uh, i I don't understand what his platforms are going to be i don't know how he's supposed to differ like everyone's saying that he's going to be the most electable because he raised all this money and he's got the most name recognition and he's moderate and i'm like that is not going to get it done because nobody gives a shit about this guy and he's also really bad at running for president he is a Every campaign he has run, he has managed to do something profoundly stupid at an incredibly early point. And it's amazing that he didn't even get to announcing before he had managed to fuck up his announcement. I know. Well, that's another thing. Like, everybody's saying how electable Joe Biden is. This dude puts his foot in his mouth constantly. Yeah. I don't even think he's a a good candidate. No, he's a terrible candidate. I think it was sort of. I think it sort of worked back in the day because he was like a charming buffoon yeah. a little bit. But now it's, it feels like so antiquated. Yeah. I mean, it just shows how far we've come in the years since 2012, the mm-hmm. last time that he was running. Right. And just to see that we've been in this, like we just don't have – the same interests, the same concerns. We don't have the same need for what he was selling Mm -hmm. for so long. And everyone recognizes that the stakes are a hell of a lot higher than anything he can serve us. And, but because he's a man and because he's boomer and because he's the fucking vice president, he believes that he can, you know, convince us that all of this is, is Right. right. Also, he doesn't believe that anybody our age and younger should be complaining because like, (laughs) Actually, the baby boomers had it harder. And did you see his quote about uh, disagreeing with Bernie Sanders? Because he said, I don't think a handful of billionaires is why we're in the spot we're in right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure not, because there's, uh, you know, those hand a couple of those billionaires are your buddies. Yeah. Yeah. You want that money. And like, let's just be honest about it. At this point, it's it's difficult to figure out who's a bigger scumbag, him or uh, Mayor Pete. Yeah. Although having Biden in the race is going to take a lot of heat off of of Mayor Pete. That, and, I, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Uh, I, I do know, think he's going to seem downright, uh, he's going to seem millennial and uh, approachable and radical because even though he's basically got the same ideas, yeah. uh, he's gay and 37. Right. So Just don't like, ask him any details about like reproductive rights or, um, you know, class war or anything. Literally like that. any policy position. Just anything. Whatsoever. Don't ask him details about anything. Cause he has nothing <laughs> like he, he doesn't even have a policy page on his website, but he has a color scheme. Mm-hmm. 
that's not a good sign, guys. I know he's gay, and I don't think you can downplay the significance of someone like him being able to run for president in 2019. That is huge. That's a big deal. But this dude has nothing of substance. Let's get some things. Let's fix a couple of things before we let a inexperienced McKinsey consultant charlatan back into the White House. Maybe. Maybe we could try that. Uh, Also in bad news. Oh, my God. Trump's comments on General Lee. Oh, oh you mean General Lee, the car from the Dukes of Hazard? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, you mean the actual the general. Actual, <laughs> the actual General Robert E. Lee. I can't, I'm sorry for that deep cut. I can't believe I pulled that out That's going to make one person <laughs> so happy. Uh, so in case you missed it, Trump was asked about his comments following the uh, Charlottesville um, incident in which uh, an, a Nazi killed uh, Heather Heyer. And he had said at the time that there were both, there were good people on both sides. And obviously uh, there was a lot of criticism of that comment because uh, Nazis are not good people. Nazis aren't good people. And they no. had killed someone in Charlottesville and it was a very fucking strange thing for the president and, to say. And pro like, peacefully protesting against Nazis definitely doesn't make you equivalent to Nazis. Right. It's literally not possible. It's not possible. So he recently, I don't even know if he attempted to clarify, <laughs> but he was trying to explain like what he meant by good side or good people on both sides. And his example of a good person on the other side uh, was Robert E. Lee. Yikes, guys. Th- he was not a good person. No. He was a bad man. He was also a really shitty general. He was a bad de- so He was unqualified and a bad general. And he had a bad job. He had one strategy, and it was run up the hill, repeat, <laughs> as, they, as his men got slaughtered over and over and over again. Now, listen, I'm not a military strategist, okay? But the first time my men were brutally slain running up the hill, mm-hmm. I think like i'd like to think that i would say let's pause for a second yeah should we run up the hill again i mean i'm no military strat like i'm not a military expert either but i'm pretty sure diversity of tactics <laughs> is an important Especially element if the first idea ended very badly oh my god is this what is that actually what the kate bush song is about oh, <laughs> oh boy i think we just discovered the true meaning of that song <laughs> Uh, so yeah, obviously this is a, you know, Trump's an idiot, so we wouldn't expect anything smart to come out of his mouth. But he's also a complete and total racist who probably believes that the Confederacy was full of interesting, like good people because those were like old families with, Mm -hmm. you know, long and proud traditions and blah, 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 because like the slaves liked being there. Right. He's fully one of those people who would be nodding emphatically as as people were talking about what the Civil War was, quote unquote, actually about, which was, you know, like, quote unquote, states rights. And yeah, um, yeah, it's like, no, it's just false. What the Civil War was about was slavery. Mm -hmm. And Robert E. Lee was (laughs) pro-slavery, which means he was a fucking racist, which means he was a bad person. And if you can't even agree on those basic facts, then you two are a racist. Yeah. So that's all I have to say about that. But sort of speaking uh, or staying in a similar vein, I wanted to talk about <laughs> uh, Laura Trump. Oh, God. I don't I, I think I saw this headline and then immediately noped out of it. Because, yeah. No, wow. That, that's a that's smart. So in case you don't know who Laura is, she's Trump's daughter in law. Yeah. And on Thursday, she remarked that German Chancellor uh, Angela Merkel's decision to allow migrants into the country was, quote unquote, one of the worst things that has ever happened to Germany. OK, OK. Let me let me run through this. Sure. So we're talking that Lara Trump thinks mm-hmm. that Angela Merkel's decision to encourage people from mm-hmm. marginalized from from you know, experiencing poverty, mm-hmm. fleeing danger, mm-hmm. in need of safety mm-hmm. and acceptance and uh, a new chance at life, mm-hmm. uh, letting them into the country mm-hmm. is one of the worst things. As Correct. opposed to the other thing that was kind of bad when oh, all of those... Oh, do you mean those... the six million people being killed? Well, that's a six million, that's a six million Jews, I thought. I thought they killed... That was just the Jews. They killed a bunch of other people, sure, too. Sure, sure. Six the, million plus Yeah, we like millions upon millions. Yeah, and the concentration camps and the sort of like... That uh, was pretty bad. That was yeah. definitely up there as being... Uh, I, I'm just going to say, guys, 
the worst thing that's ever yeah. happened in Germany. Generally speaking, uh, genocide mm-hmm. is worse than uh, relaxing your immigration policies. I like to think so. I, In my mind, and call me old-fashioned, genocide is usually at the top of the list of yeah. bad things that can happen. Yeah. And then, like, mm, policy disagreements about migration um, migration policies is is mm, towards the bottom, <laughs> like in terms of, I mean, obviously uh, a fair migration policy is important, but to say that the decision to allow more desperate people into your country is worse than the genocide of millions of people, yikes. Yikes, Laura. I have a question. Yeah. When did, have I just completely missed the media going to Laura Trump as a spokesperson or is this new? I don't really know. I mean, I think she's been allowed on television a bit and she did sort of function as a tiny bit of a surrogate, but also she's an like advisor on Trump's reelection campaign. Okay. So that's like, maybe it's a new title. Well, well, yeah. Sarah Huckabee Sanders can't actually go out in public anymore. So <laughs> <Right>. like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. So really? You've got to, but also like, that means Laura Trump is the surrogate that can go out and say all kinds of insane, stupid shit right. uh, without having to address specific policy decisions. Mm-hmm. And that plays great on a place like Fox News where they can just be like, so tell us some more racist shit, Laura. We love that racist stuff. Nom, 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 nom. We're Fox. Yeah. I... I'm sort of cautious because I know a lot of people who say this is like a deliberate strategy where it's like they're trying to distract you and shift the Overton window to the right. So there are other fascist policies look less extreme by comparison. I think they're just stupid. Oh, I I think Laura Trump is an idiot. And truly, it did not occur to her the Holocaust when she was saying that stuff. Yeah, I don't think that they're none of them are smart enough to actually think about the words coming out of their mouth when they're consistently willing to speak in hyperbole, uh, to lie, mm-hmm. to, you know, make things, you know, to completely distort Which reality. I guess in a way is white privilege, is racism, if if the Holocaust slips your mind. Yeah. You know, like, it is so unimportant to you that that bullshit comes out of your mouth and it, and you don't realize how wrong you are, you mm-hmm. know, is in itself a form of white supremacy. Um Last bad thing I wanted to talk about, one of these, again, the media thinks they're heartwarming stories, but mm-hmm. actually it's just so revealing <laughs> about how broken our society is. So CNN and many, many other outlets ran this story about a teacher who ran out of sick days to stay home with his cancer-stricken daughter. So his colleagues donated 100 days of their own sick, sick days so he could stay home. And this was presented as like, uh, uh, people are so nice. People are so nice, and we come together when people need help. And it's just so fucking disgusting that this poor father had to do this, that his colleagues had to sacrifice their own sick days so that he could stay home with his daughter. These stories should not make you feel good. They should make you feel very, very bad about what's happened to this country. (laughs) And like, that sick people don't have support that they fall into deep debt that they usually never get out of when they become sick yeah i mean this is a teacher in alabama (laughs) so the likelihood that his insurance actually covers much of what is going to be necessary to save the life of his baby girl uh is real low so oh and here's something that people don't tell you because i have a friend who's going through this and I'm so naive about how insurance works that I just didn't even know this was a possibility. My friend, who's very, very sick, has excellent health insurance, but her condition is chronic. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was in the hospital so long that uh, one day her insurance was just like, well, that's it for us. Yep. We're not going to pay for it anymore. And it was like, wait, they can just decide to stop? They can. If it goes on too long, you know, it's been at like a year now. So they were yeah. like, we're not paying anymore. Mm-hmm. So even if you have great insurance, yeah. that is not f- well, They foolproof. might still have lifetime limits or something like that. Right. Um, right, right. But this is, yes. I And of course, there's just no, I mean, we don't have a system that makes it easy for 
family members to take care of, you know, to be yeah. caretakers to family members that need assistance. Like FMLA only guarantees you your job for three months uh, and it's unpaid leave. Um, you know, there's just not enough. There's no system that would actually allow for someone to do this without having to leave their job completely. Right. Uh, which should make you feel very angry. When you see stories like this, you should feel sad, of course, but you should also be pissed off that we don't need to live in a country that does this to people. <laughs> you know, like things don't have, this is not inevitable. This was constructed, this was designed to work this way. Um, and it doesn't have to be this way forever, but at no point should you feel good seeing a story like this, is my point. And I think uh, there, I've noticed more and more outlets have started to cover it slightly differently. Yeah. I think because there was such a huge backlash to them being like, doesn't this make you feel warm and fuzzy? And people are like, no, it's awful. Uh, but yeah, let's just uh, keep yelling at places like CNN who throw up that first headline that's like, isn't this wonderful? It's not. It yeah. truly is not. Guys, on that note, it's that time in the show. Let's all jump up and down. Here is your good news. Truly the only good news that I have seen <laughs> emerging uh, from basically. 2020 uh, and the fact that we are already talking about the 2020 election is Elizabeth Warren came out swinging and caused a lot of commotion because she proposed a couple of things this week. One was to release millions of students from debt by um, supporting debt cancellation and a free college plan. Yeah. This caused a huge commotion <laughs> uh, and excited a lot of people because it's one of those rare things um, or rare examples of a politician proposing a policy that could actually help people. Well, and also not just a policy that could help people, one that explicitly lays out the ways in which this is intended to address structural inequalities that exist, like structural racial inequalities when it comes to wealth and the ability to uh, like live a, a decent life. And right. I mean, the policy, the plan includes... Uh, a lot of information about the discrepancy between white student borrowers and black student borrowers, the um, the fact that they're targeted by for-profit colleges by the fact that they are less likely to finish and then they still have to do this. Mm -hmm. And even if they do finish, they end up, uh, you know, they're still, they face hiring discrimination, which means they face those challenges. And so, like, it, it has so many good things and... There were so many idiotic responses to it. As Yeah, if so I wanted to talk about that without naming names because why give these idiots more attention? But there were a few prominent people on Twitter and, and who had like penned op-eds who were claiming that it's not fair <laughs> that people would get their student debt canceled because they had to fully pay off their student yeah, loans. It's not fair to the people who actually did manage to pay it off. And, and all I can say about that as a person who has paid off her student loans is fuck off and die in a ditch. Yeah. Like because, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like I don't think of it as it wasn't a particular triumph of, willpower or uh you know superior planning or uh like financial savvy mm -hmm. it was the fact that I graduated at a time that state college was still incredibly cheap mm -hmm. my parents were able to help me for a couple years mm -hmm. I also graduated at a time that was literally the lowest interest rate in the entire history of wow. student borrowing so that I could consolidate at that level which meant that I could spend 10 years paying $77 a month and, and then have it all 10 years yeah well I mean I also like given it was a two well, anyway like yeah. it was cheaper to just pay that off than to have credit card debt <laughs> oh yeah yeah uh but the yes but paying it off there that is not normal I mean that is the sort of like general things in what universe would I ever have anything remotely approaching the right to suggest that there's like that other people should have to suffer through every last dollar that they have. I mean, the thing that you can 
criticize Warren's plan for is that $50,000 isn't going to be much of a drop in the bucket no. for many, many student borrowers. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I don't think it's still worthwhile. Right. It's just, it's tough that this, the problem is so enormous now that something that generous is still not going to be meaningful to a, like a large number right, of Right, but like people. the problem's so big that yeah. we, we need to even be more extreme with our thinking. Yeah. Um, yeah, certainly. I, I, I would totally buy that this is not a radical enough solution, but also exciting that someone is in the race who is even proposing it. Oh, yeah. I don't actually think that she should be criticized for only that it's a bad thing that she mm -hmm. said it there. I think that given that it's already a pretty revolutionary policy proposal, it's fine to me that this is still something that at least gets it started and right. recognizes a need Let's to start wiping it. wiping it out, changing yeah. the changing the way that we address these things. Also, you know. just based on the initial response, she would have an enormous amount of support. Absolutely. And also, it was really exciting. Let's rem let's. I know we don't like to think back to 2016, but let's think back for a second, where Hillary Clinton had to radically reshape her policy on student debt and and a free college plan because Bernie Sanders was in the race. Yeah. And she knew that she was getting outflanked by him and that she had to push way further to the left. Now, you could always say that it's just words, actions matter more. True. But we need to start with a conversation about yeah. this or nothing gets done. Well, and, and the fact that she can actually, that Warren has been able to release proposals and ideas that are aimed at people who really desperately need to have their problems addressed beyond just lip service, mm -hmm. you know, it can still end up, a lot of this stuff can still end up being unrealistic or being unworkable. But if we're not having these conversations, there's no way that anybody else is even going to think about it. And I love that your other yeah. Elizabeth Warren thing was the thing I was going to mention. Yeah. yeah. Too. <laughs> so I, I knew that's where you were going. So the other thing Elizabeth Warren recently proposed was this plan to reward hospitals that make childbirth safer for black women. Um, and because I we have a massive maternal mortality yeah. crisis, four among, times greater yeah. than white women. It's a huge, it's a epidemic. It's a huge, huge national crisis. Um, but I wanted to get your opinion on this because there's been some criticism of this from the left, mm. which is that it's sort of no child left behind for hospitals. Okay. And that it will penalize hospitals that, like, not to excuse them, but in some cases might have that higher mortality rate because of, like, budget cuts and stuff. And that you'll end up penalizing people who are, like, again, this is a generous interpretation because it's not this case for every hospital. Right. But might just be suffering from lack of resources. I'm sorry. I don't – I find that to be a deeply problematic mm -hmm. argument with a lot of holes in it largely because like obviously what we want is an improve is uh improved quality in hospitals across the country that would come from a radical reimagining of the healthcare system at large that allowed for money like that took money out of it and meant that the poorest people weren't guaranteed to be getting the worst care mm -hmm. however bad hospitals exist and frankly they should be penalized. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that on a fundamental level, like you can be doing your best, but I don't know what we're supposed to be doing. Something has to be, there has to yeah. be better accountability and recognize that the, the larger problem is that because there's such a massive wealth inequality and the system of medicine is so for profit, black women in poor parts of the country are just going to be in danger. Yeah. And like, it, right. that's not just poor black women, but if there isn't, a meaningful punishment for hospitals that are just absolute garbage at mm. keeping women alive. Yeah. Like we're already closing hospitals. Women are already dying because they don't have access to the kind of healthcare. I don't know why we shouldn't just give it a shot. Cause what, and I, what do they propose instead? I mean, the idea of so, also like no child left behind, you can't compare healthcare and education of course. when it comes to that kind of yeah. accountability thing. I think that because we're not killing children. <laughs> well, yeah, we're not, well, we are, you know, <laughs> Other policy failures are resulting in dead children, but yeah. uh, not in the schools uh, because of bad education yet. Um, so, and I should clarify that what Warren actually proposed wasn't so much 
penalizing bad hospitals as uh, she proposed rewarding good hospitals. Yeah, I mean, honestly, so like you would get a bonus if you weren't killing black women. You know, given the like, given the implicit racist biases that exist in medicine, mm-hmm. and those biases and the way that those biases end up contributing to doctors and nurses and medical professionals disregarding uh, women when they try to get care. And that's in all kinds, in all situations, but when you're dealing with uh, childbirth specifically, uh, I mean, maybe telling them that they can have some money is at least, I mean, that's better than stop being so racist guys. And then, you know, the doctor is still just like, oh, you're not actually in any pain. And you're like, yeah, because yeah. I guess we should explain like that is happening in in a lot of the cases. What happens is a black woman goes to her doctor and says, hey, uh, I, I'm pregnant and I'm feeling really, really sick. Yeah. I'm ha- or this is happening or this is, I'm having pain or I'm having and the doctor dismisses this. them because yeah. what we what the numbers tell us is that black or is that doctors, regardless of their race, too. Uh, discount the the feedback they're getting from women of color. They're right. they're dismissed as being hysterical, exaggerating. They send them away, and in some cases, uh, there was something very wrong, and the woman can get very very sick uh, and or die. Right, and that happens all the time. Yeah. So what <laughs> Elizabeth Warren is basically proposing is if you aren't a racist dick, and if you don't dismiss them like that, yeah. and more and more of your uh, female patients survive, then, mm-hmm. hey, you get a bonus. Now, I wish that we didn't have to do that and that doctors would just not be racist on their own. But at this point, I'm like, whatever we can do to reduce the mortality rate, yeah. great. Well, I mean, doctors worrying about getting paid where the re- is the reason why we didn't get universal health care back in the 1930s right. and 40s. Uh, so why not just play on their total greediness? Right. Like, if they're going to be money-grubbing assholes, then, like, pay them. Right. And then finally, we'll end with a little more good news. Uh, there, a tentative deal has been reached between Stop and Shop and their striking workers. Yay! Uh, the tentative three-year deal uh, between Stop and Shop and the five United Food and Commercial Workers locals representing the wor- uh, the workers offers uh, increased pay for all associates, as well as continued health coverage and retirement benefits. So, so good, guys. Collective action works, guys. Mm-hmm. Here's proof of it. Uh, that's amazing. That's awesome. Congratulations to all the organizers, all the people who have pr- participated in the strike. Everybody deserves a union. Yep. Unionize. If you uh, get mad at workers who go on strike and get a raise, maybe that means you need to organize in your own oh. <laughs> workspace as well. Uh, can I throw in a union-related thing that I saw on Twitter uh, that is funny? Um the so you know there's been this meme of people writing down five jobs they've had yes so i had a very funny one jim comey jumped in <laughs> no and the fourth one on his list is a fucking scab teacher <gasps> it said i mean he said fill in teacher strike replacement teacher and i was like oh my god you are proud of being a scab what a piece of shit i don't Mine was that I'm a millennial, so I currently have five jobs. Oh, very smart. Thank you. Yeah. I was very happy with that. Uh, yeah, what a piece of shit. What yeah. I, I love that his Twitter presence is just, <laughs> just him so posting like <laughs> moody photos of himself and like nature. And, and then, then constant cell phones. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just gets moody photos and constant cell phones. And that's who uh Jimmy Comey is now. Yeah, that's who gave us Donald Trump, everybody. Good Thank job. you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, now we're all shit. getting owned. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like, I, I did enjoy that because everybody seems to have lots of fun things. But I just, I do think, yeah, this is scab, 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 and scab. Like, fuck a scab. Yeah. I sort of had this moment of crisis because I'm trying to get a writing agent right mm-hmm. now. But the... Oh, God, the WGA. The WGA yeah. shit just happened and everybody fired their agents. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to a friend of mine and I'm like, I'm just tentatively asking questions, but now is not the time that I would want to sign with an agent. Yeah. Because <laughs> I would feel like a scab. So, although, I mean. I know yeah. it's a little different, but. Right. Um, but I also thought that firing your agent wasn't supposed to be what people like at the low end did. I thought it was supposed to be like, if you're doing well, like that yes. you're still supposed to be able to have your agent 
uh, when you're trying to get work. Yeah, these were people who are already like writing for major shows and yeah. who are in a position where it would not like ruin their career and yeah. lives. To they just felt like they could sacrifice, which is awesome that yeah. they took that hit for everybody. You know who decided he was going to stand by his agents and defy the WGA? The guy who created the TV show The Slap. <laughs> That guy is so pretentious. He's so bad. He's so bad. Uh, oh, I I do want to add, there is uh, a thing I finally saw, and this is basically good news. I didn't actually, was not aware of this, but there is a video online that's uh, of the first, the opening scene of the TV show, The Slap, but <laughs> instead of the children, all of the children are played by Draculas. <laughs> so there's just like Draculas in there, like with the teeth and the, the cape, that's and they so all funny. are playing around, and then at some point... <laughs> It's like, oh, I can't believe you would ever hit my Dracula. (laughs) (laughs) And um, it brought me such great joy. That is amazing. I'm going to go find that immediately. Yeah. And hope she will post it for you. Allison deserves to post this for everyone. (laughs) Uh, I will. Uh, Guys, if you have any thoughts about today's episode, hashtag Light Trees and Pod. Oh, I should mention, for my $10 a month members and higher, we're going to do the online hangout tonight. 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time from 7 to 8. I was going to do it tomorrow, but that's Game of Thrones time, baby. And I don't want to be in a group chat during it. So go to my Patreon for the link. And yeah, I hope to see you there. Please follow Meredith on Twitter at Meredith L. Clark. Watch Patriot Act. Back on May 12th. May 12th. Guys, thank you so much for listening. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble.